Welcome to Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff, where we interview newsmakers, storytellers, and all-around interesting people. Sit back, relax, uh, unless you're driving, and enjoy the show. Here's Jackson. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks so much for joining me. I am Jackson Huff. This is Not in a Huff. Appreciate you being here today. Another interesting guest. I am interviewing Jeffrey Golden. Now, Jeffrey, a little bit different uh, type of interview than, than a lot of the other ones, but he works in the gaming and entertainment industry. So um, he's going to talk a lot about you know his newsletter that he creates. It's kind of a build-your-own-adventure game that comes to your email inbox. Um, he's going to tell us how he creates video games, how he creates board games, how he creates comic books. It's kind of an interesting interesting guy. Uh, like I said, it's different than a lot of the things that we have uh, covered in the past. Um, but he's he's very uh, he's got a lot of really cool things to, to share with us. And uh, he's kind of been a lot of different areas in the industry. Everything from making um, Sesame Street comics to, you know, uh, adults-only uh, board games. So he's he's really uh, insightful on kind of explaining how the entertainment industry works, some really uh, big surprises on how easy it is to uh, create games, but harder to uh, actually get into um, TVs and movies and things like that. Uh, I think a lot of people can uh, learn quite a bit from, from our conversation. Uh, so without further ado, here is my conversation with Jeffrey Golden. Jeffrey, thanks so much for joining us. If you would, just tell us a little bit about yourself and your career. Uh, I guess what inspired you to, to go into such um, diverse creative background? <laughs> Uh, thanks, Jackson. Um, well, uh, what inspired me to, I think of myself as a writer, uh, but I'm a writer of multimedia. So I've worked in many different uh, mediums as a writer. I've worked in uh, games, which is where I currently work the most. Um, I've worked in audio uh, podcasting and audio fiction. I've worked in a little bit of TV and movies. Uh, I've worked in advertising even. Um, so yeah, just all over the place. But I always wanted to be a writer. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, I think I was in third grade, we had an assignment where we were supposed to write commercials. Like we were learning the very basics of media literacy, in third or maybe fourth grade. Um, elementary school and like we were learning the basics of of this and and I wrote a commercial and my teacher said this is this is really really good and that was super encouraging I I think maybe that was when I first decided I really loved writing I, I liked I like doing things where people praise me Jackson, I'm a big <laughs> praise guy. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that was I. I that may have started. Uh, that may have started it. I also come from a very creative family. My uh, my mom is an actress, and my dad uh, writes plays and musicals and stuff. And my sister is a, a producer. She's a TV producer. Um, oh. So it, it runs in the family, I think. Yeah, I think having that creative uh, those creative genes always always help. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the next question I have for you, because I was I was doing some research on your website and I noticed you you talked about how 
apparently while you were in in high school you created some some parody songs and then they got some some airtime across the the country and radio stations so if you would tell us a little bit about that and how that happened that was uh that was fascinating so this is i have to take you back to the early internet um I'm not sure what your earliest memories of the internet are, but I go back uh, dial-up bulletin boards, that that sort of uh, archaic technology. But um, so this was a little bit later. So this was when I was in high school. So the late, this would be the late 90s. I love comedy. I love writing humor when I get the opportunity to. I like writing all kinds of things, but I, I especially do enjoy writing humor. And uh, for a long time, I was, uh, I was writing uh, comedy specifically. And this was sort of my first taste of it. There was a website called mp3.com. Um, so basically, at the time, Napster was causing a major stir because of copyright infringement. And people were using it on a mass scale. And MP3, MP3s, as an idea, was revolutionary, right? Especially if you're a kid, you're a teen, you just download all the music that you want off Napster. And Napster in those days had an amazing library of content. It was a a thing of, it was a thing of beauty. It was like, you know, remember in in Game of Thrones where they go to the library, you know, that incredible library, and it's just got every book you could possibly imagine in their world. It was like that with music. There were, it was right. just, it, it contained obscure things that you would never, you know, you would think, oh yeah, it's got the latest Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera, you know, whatever. But no, it was, uh, it was also like really obscure, weird B-sides for it's just anything you could imagine. Right. Um, so anyway, it was causing the industry major headaches and mp3.com came because it was, it was an idea to give a platform to unsigned artists, to independent artists, to use MP3 as a way of promoting folks you may not have heard of before. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was on the internet at that time and I had stumbled onto mp3.com somehow and I realized, hey, you know what? It wouldn't be so hard to record song parodies with this uh, because I, I already had the technology for recording. I did some uh, shows, some some radio shows for a local uh, college radio station. So I already had recording technology and experience. So I was like, hey, maybe I can upload stuff to mp3.com. And that's what I did. And the comedy charts on mp3.com were sort of a lost area. They, There was like a lot of, you know, uh, things in like bold letters, like like all caps letters, like you know, if Yoda had sex, you know, like that kind, like just like attention grabby kind of stuff, sort of you know, spammy kind of content. And I was releasing parody songs, like original parody songs, and that really caught on. That was I. I there weren't a lot of people who were doing humor that was like not you know, just trying to get your attention was also like, yeah, I'm trying, I'm, I'm doing my best to make comedy that you might actually enjoy, as opposed to like, I am creating something that you will be curious and need to click on. Um, and it worked. And I, I was a number one uh, artist on mp3.com uh, throughout 
that for the next three or four years or so um, <laughs> with my song parodies. They were, there was constant legal issues with them um, because, you, you know, at, uh, parody is legal. It's considered fair use um, mm -hmm. legally, but uh, the, because of Napster, mp3.com was afraid of drawing the ire of the record industry because they were suing Napster like crazy. So I would have to, I, there were ways we worked around, we, we worked around it to make it work, to buying mechanical licenses of songs and stuff. Um, but yeah, for a while it was, it was great. And then mp3.com imploded, like all made, like, like all internet businesses, they got a flood of cash. They got, they got flush with cash. They spent a lot of cash. They made a lot of people very happy. And I remember, so, so it, was, it was very popular, the website. And I remember going to like a summer camp and people knew me before just from mp3.com. <laughs> like people recognized me, which is something I, that had never happened to me before. It was so cool. And yeah, a radio station in uh, New Zealand started to play. There were some radio stations across the US that were playing the songs and but one radio station in New Zealand was playing it and hmm. uh, they were playing a parody I did of the Venga Boys and the radio station actually had the Venga Boys on the, uh, the Venga Boys uh, you know uh, they did the song the Six Flags song um, you know that the, the old man dances to uh -huh. all the old man dances to it was that band um, okay. and so uh what happened was the, the radio station got an interview with the Venga Boys and then they played the Venga Boys, my parody of one of their songs. And oh, that's cool. And a little scary. Yeah, it was a little, I was like, I was like, hey, what did the Venga Boys think? And like, they liked it. The Venga Boys okay. liked it. So, so there you, so there you go. So yeah, it was a, it was a fun ride. It was one of the first of many experiences working for like digital content companies working for websites. And it would be kind of the same story repeated over and over again, where the company gets a lot of money, they go big, they run out of money in a few years, and then everybody gets fired. Or in this case, the, the well sort of dried up. There was like, kind of like with YouTube has that, a system of paying people who like YouTubers, depending on how popular their, their videos are this was true with mp3.com. You got paid depending on how popular your, how many times you got streamed. And basically that money just went down, 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 down. It started pretty good and then it went down, 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 down. And eventually it was just like, yeah, we're not doing this anymore. Um, so, was it, um, I mean, was it serious? Was it serious money? Was it sustaining you or is it just like a little side, side thing? Well, I was in high school. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and it was a lot of money for a high schooler. I remember uh, my dad, wanted me to get a job working at CBS that summer. Uh -huh. And I made a lot more on mp3.com the first summer that I did it than I ever would have working at CBS. Um, that's awesome. That's so, that was, so was that kind of your first job? Because that's a great first job story. <laughs> I, worked, I worked at CBS as my first job. I worked at the, the dry cleaner and I was a internet star. Yeah. It, um, I guess, no, it wasn't my first, it, it wasn't my first paid gig. My first paid gig was I worked, this was again in high school, earlier in high school. I worked as like an, an IT 
I worked as like a like a tech support, like calling, you know, people would call me and, and uh, you know, I would fix their, usually their Macintoshes, uh, whatever was wrong with it, I would come in. And I, sometimes I did uh, the house calls too. Um, and, you know, but I, I uh, yeah, but, but mp3.com was, uh, was, it was definitely a very formative early experience in my career for sure. It, yeah, it, it sounds really like definitely a good story, a good, good party story anyways. <laughs> so tell us, I mean, you, you mentioned a little bit about some of the other things you've done. If you would, you, you've, you've kind of dabbled in a lot of different mediums when it comes to, you know, these creative arts. If you would just kind of tell us what those are. I don't want to leave one out by trying to list them myself. Absolutely. Well, uh, currently, I am focused on video games. Uh, I'm a narrative designer, and uh, I work for a number of different studios around the world. Um, some in one in Indonesia, one uh, some in America, but one in Indonesia, one oh, one in Lithuania, like all around the world. It's really cool. Um, so the game of mine that just launched recently is called Sandship, and it's on iOS and Android. And it was a number one strategy game. Um, and it was a game, uh, one of Apple's games we love. And it was super uh, fun to work on it. And I, I still am working on it. You know, as a narrative designer or story writer for games, it's really interesting because you're coming in usually when some of the story has already been figured out. So at least like the theming elements of the world have already been figured out, but there's generally no story. So because you, they're game designers, right, who are leading the projects, so they are, you know, coming up with, okay, well, we know this character is going to fly because the, the square fly, you know, because the square moves up and down vertically. So we know that the, the uh, so we know that the, the square is, is fly. So therefore this character is going to fly. So like you, you come in, they come in with some of the puzzle pieces. And then my job is to put the puzzle pieces together and make a compelling an interesting narrative and figure out how to uh, express that narrative to the player. Um, I love it because it presents new challenges. So, uh, so yeah, every game is a different set of challenges. It's super cool. Um, other things I've worked on, uh, proud of, of tabletop games. Um, so I love role-playing games like Dungeons and Dragons. And um, I've made two of my own systems. One is an official game tying in with Wet Hot American Summer um, called Wet Hot American Summer Fantasy Camp based on the, the feature film. Then I've worked on podcasts, as I say, I, I've done work for, uh, I, I, I've worked on one for, I've worked on podcasts for Wondery, for Stitcher, for a children's network called Pinna. Um, and it's always super cool to work on a new audio fiction project. I love audio and yeah. And then comics, I love comics. I've worked on uh, comic books based in Sesame Street, Disney Princesses, a Harvey comics like Richie Rich and Casper the Friendly Ghost. And uh, and I ran a, a co-ran a publishing company with my partner Amanda for many years, uh, for eight years, and we published uh, comics and comedy books for folks from The Daily Show, The Onion, Adult Swim, and that's called The Devastator. And uh, that was a re that was really fun to do. And I, I wrote several books uh, in addition to being a co-publisher. So yeah, that gives you a little bit of an idea of what uh, of what I've worked on. It's so vast. Well, sometimes people, they'll list my credits and they just will be like in disbelief. They'll be like, really? You worked on 
all of these different things. Right, and it's like, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it just it doesn't sound like you've done all that much, huh? <laughs> I know. Yeah. But I've been in. I've I've been uh, a writer for over fifteen years, and it's one of the interesting things about being in Los Angeles as a creative person is that sort of opportunities come, you know, your way without sometimes you even expecting it. And so as a creative person, I, I like to try different things. I, I like to do different types of projects and such. So, uh, so for me, it's always been fun. But uh, yeah, lately, I have focused on gaming, uh, really put my emphasis on it, because within gaming, there's so much variety. So it's sort of like I can get that specialty of being, you know, you know, really specializing in my field of narrative design. But uh, at the same time, I get to work on projects so vastly different from each other. I, I'm currently, you know, just wrapped working on a murder mystery game. Um, I do, uh, I, I, you know, I do all kinds of different genres. You know, the, the sand ship, that's science fiction uh, title. Um, you know, working on a board, I could got an opportunity to work on a board game recently on like a parody board game, which was a lot of fun. So it's really just runs the gamut. Yeah. And that, that kind of brings me to my next question. I mean, you, you mentioned how you did some, some board games that are, I, I guess, probably more adult oriented. Some of your, <laughs> yeah. some of your video games are more adult oriented, but then you also have done comic books for Disney princesses and Sesame street. So how, when it comes to you know these stories, because that's kind of what essentially what you're you're doing. How do you make sure you compartmentalize all of these very very different thought processes you have to have? You know, uh, there used to be more of a tradition of this. Like you have writers like Shel Silverstein or Dr. Seuss who uh, wrote for adults in a body material for adults, as in addition to children. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, it really is just that I understand how sometimes being a writer, I think it's sort of like being, it's sort of like hopping into a giant robot. And, you know, my job is to pilot the robot, like it's, it's built and I am just like, you know, running it around and such. And when, you know, each of those, each of these projects has their different operating manual of what you can and can't do. But as long as you're like, skill that you know whatever skills one needs to pilot a Gundam you'll be okay from one to the other you'll sort of get it you know there may be specific skills that you need but for the most part it's it's kind of similar I mean when I'm writing you know a story for kids oftentimes I'm just trying to tell a compelling story and I just need to be aware of certain content restrictions and that uh you know, certain vocabulary might go over their head, but otherwise, you know, it's always about just telling a, a compelling and interesting story with characters who are motivated, who we know what they want, putting mm -hmm. obstacles in their path and watching them overcome those obstacles. It, that's the heart of it, the heart of the job. It's just then adjusting to the genre, adjusting to the audience. And uh, yeah, just making sure that, yeah, you're not crossing any, any important boundaries. Sometimes you, you push a little bit, you know, I find myself sometimes doing that being like, oh, you know what, kids can handle it, you know. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but for a little, something a little scary, the kids love, I don't know, I always like scary stuff in, yeah. in when I was growing up. I don't like it as much now, but I liked it growing up. 
Gotcha. So is this, I mean, I assume with as much as you're doing, I, I hope it is, and unless you don't sleep, but is this, you know, your full-time role doing yeah. these, these things? And are you, or do you work for a, an, a company or are you a freelance doing all these things? I'm a, I get high, I'm a freelancer. A, a, we'll say a consultant. I get hired. My, I have a company uh-huh. that, uh, that you hire and then I do this, I write for you. Or sometimes I consult. Sometimes people hire me to consult on a story, to give notes on it or to give feedback on it too. That happens as well. So yeah, that's, uh, I work free. I'm a freelancer, proud freelancer. And I pretty much have been for, I'd say about, well, since maybe 2008, 2009 or so. So yeah. it's been, yeah, been about 10 years, a little over 10 years, I guess, at this point, being a freelancer. How does that type of thing happen? Do companies like put out projects that they need people to do and you like bid for them or are you just people hiring you know know your work and try to hire you for a project or how do how does that work as a freelancer mostly the latter i have a i have a, a rep i have a good rep um mm-hmm. i have a, and i have a, a number of uh of friends too who work in the industry and we help each other out that's uh, that's part of it yeah the but it's it's mostly uh most of my work comes from my other work. That being said, you know, in film and television, you know, and, and comics too, it's very difficult to get work out unless you're sort of in the know. But in other fields, you know, in, in podcasting and video games, there are job boards and things like that publicly available that you can, you can apply to stuff on. It's not, uh, it's not secretive. It's not like, uh, you know, I say, um, you know, if you wanted to write a Star Wars movie, you would have no Kathleen Kennedy or like George Lucas would have to be your godfather or whatever, <laughs> you know, in order to get into that room, in order to pitch an idea for a Star Wars, you know. Whereas if you wanted to write the Star Wars video games, that was just a Craigslist ad. Like that was a, an Indeed job listing like that you could apply to if you wanted that job. Like, you know, it's, it's so some some companies some some media is more i think open and democratic in that way than than others so do you see people that are you know wanting to to do the movie side start out in, in some of these other areas to get you know get their their way through the door or does or is that just so different that that doesn't really work i think it's a mix of things i mean no nobody's la story i think is identical yeah. um <laughs> everybody it it's in some ways, I think, yeah, people can, may start off in one thing and then end up doing a di- completely different thing that they didn't expect. Kind of like career plinko, you know, where you you're, you know you drop your your disc at the top of the thing and it bounces, 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 bounces here and there, and it finally lands somewhere. Um, but other times, yeah, people build career. You know, I, I, there are people who were known for writing comics who who end up getting tapped for, you know, film and TV. There are people who, yeah, maybe they want to write for film and TV, but, um, but they end up loving comics and they, you know, they get those opportunities and they're like, I, I, I don't want to do this other thing. I want to do, I want to do this. So yeah, I'd say it's a mix of both. So I, I mean, I, I talked to a, a very wide ranging group of people. Just, I like to just interview interesting people. So we've talked to, you know, travelers and, you know, people have won gold medals, all kinds of different things. <laughs> but, you know, the question that I've been asking definitely recently is how is, 
you know, what we're currently going through with, with the pandemic and you in California with some of these wildfires, yeah. how, how is, um, you know, the, the current world that we're living in affecting your, your job? I know you're a freelancer, so how's it affecting you, you know, you getting work? Here's the fascinating thing. Um, for me, for the most part, uh, it hasn't affected my work. And the reason is because a lot of the companies that I work for aren't based in the U.S. They're, uh, they're based in other countries where they have done it, like where they wore masks and they, they haven't put the coronavirus, to, you know, they put it in their rearview mirror. It's not completely out of sight. And it could always flare up, but for the most part, other countries are back to work. And so, as the generally as the American writer that they hire, um, you know, I'm the weird, I'm the weird one who, uh, you know, can't go to restaurants or whatever. Um, so, uh, luckily, you know, God, uh, you know, God, you know, willing, uh, yeah, I will be able to just keep on writing. Uh, I mean, outside it's terrifying, but I mean, the air quality was for a week, for a whole week, it was you weren't, you couldn't go outside. Like you just weren't, you don't go outside because it's like breathing a pack of cigarettes. Um, you know, it's crazy. Um, so that's horrible. But in terms of my writing, no, I, but for the most part, the gigs still come in. I'm still, I'm still writing video games and uh, I'm very fortunate. Yeah. Well, that sounds I, that, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I know that, uh, I mean, there are going to be some industries that aren't as affected. So I'm really happy that, that yours is not one of those that is super affected. Yeah, um, I mean, a lot, a lot of my friends, right, uh, they work for, you know, various positions in film and TV. They've been out of work. Unfortunately, yeah. it's really sad, but there's no production or there's very little production happening. And so a lot of them are just waiting for things to turn around. It's really tough. It's really tough. I feel for them. I feel for everybody who's uh, who's going through that, um, as well as the people who, you know, are putting themselves in dangerous situations. That's really uh, that's really tough. And, uh, you know, you got to thank them for their for their service right now. Life wouldn't be possible without them. Absolutely. Yeah, I was I was listening to another podcast here recently. We're talking about that. And, you know, they said something that's pretty interesting where with with all the healthcare workers that have, are really putting themselves truly on the line right now, not that they haven't always, but we, it's just amplified. We're, we're almost kind of forming a new a new class of, of you know service veterans that we need to make sure that we honor for a, for a long time. Absolutely. Oh, there's uh, the debt of gratitude uh, we owe them is enormous. The 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 next thing I want to mention is. Something I got in my email today. I'm subscribed now to your adventure snack. Uh, Great. Which is, Welcome which to is, the party. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess the adventure snack is a kind of a, a role-playing choose-your-own-adventure area. Today was you, we were a farm going to town, something like that. But if yeah. you would, tell us just a little bit more about adventure snack and, and how you came up with all that. Absolutely. Well, adventure snack... Uh, is a newsletter where I turn your inbox into an adventure. The premise is simple. Uh, they're like mini choose-your-path adventure games. So uh, like the kind you play as a kid um, with some interesting, uh, unique game mechanics thrown in. So, uh, you know, basically I'll, I'll do a set, I'll write a setup, a two or three paragraph setup. 
you know, we've done them in fantasy settings. We've done them uh, in science fiction, out in space. You know, we've done some that are, uh, you know, it's like Indiana Jones style adventure games, you know. So all different types of premises. And then uh, you'll get a choice. You'll, you'll, you basically are taken to a pivotal moment where you, you can choose between a number of different options. And uh, what you choose is what you get. So, uh, so it's, a, it's an adventure game with, with one decision to make. But the idea is that you can play it on a lunch break, that uh, you know, if, you, if you love role-playing games, you know, if you love adventure games, but you don't, maybe you don't have the time, or maybe you just want to uh, cram one in you know, between meetings or what have you, that this is a great way to do that. It's an adventure on the go, a little dose. Uh, you know, of, of something thrilling and funny and, and weird, uh, you know, just liven up your day. Yeah, I, I did the one today. I don't know if I'm the only one. I'm sure I'm not, but it takes me longer because I picked, I, you know, I, I picked what I wanted, but then I had to read every single one of them. I, I couldn't just know the, the one. I had to know them all. So I, <laughs> yeah, I, that's I very, that's common. It's, uh, <laughs> it's true. It, you know, the, the, yeah, people can, uh, subscribers can read as many, uh, as many of the endings as they want. There's no, uh, there's no limit on it. But yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's so many different choices. And I try to make each one unique. In this case, uh, the one today was written by a guest author, uh, my friend Luke, who is uh, runs a podcast called R RPG Club, uh, RPG Pals Club. And so shout out to Luke uh, for, uh, for the great story today. Absolutely. So do you, do you have guest writers a lot? That was going to be my next question. How you, I guess, come up with, with all of these ideals. I mean, obviously that kind of comes in the, the territory of just being creative as a, as a whole, like you are, but, but how do, how do you come up with all these, not just stories, but now have to come up with different endings for yeah. that same story? The games, the game element. Um, sometimes they're inspired by different things. Uh, sometimes they're game concepts that I just want to try out. They're, I, I do, they're basically like concept prototypes just to sort of flesh out a world or an idea to see if it has legs, to see how people respond to it. Um, other times I'm inspired by the mechanics. So, so in every adventure snack, there is uh, like a mechanic where uh, it helps sort of guide you to your choice. So, for example, I might ask you to roll a dice or I might ask you you know, for, uh, to get, pick a song from your iTunes library, or, you know, I might ask you, uh, you know, what's, you know, what type of how healthy the lunch that you had today was. And then depending on that and your choices, you know, you'll get to a different ending. So it's a kind of vary things up. So sometimes I start with one of those mechanics and I build the adventure stack around it. So, and then other times it's, you know, maybe it's a holiday or it's something I want to explore, something I want to tie into because it's relevant. You know, I do, I try to do ones for Halloween and for scary ones for Halloween and, uh, you know, sentimental or ones or holiday themed ones for Christmas. And, you know, sometimes occasionally they'll tie into something with pop culture or whatever, not usually, but sometimes, mm -hmm. um, whatever, you know, whatever inspires me, um, you know, the fun of it is that I release a new one every two weeks. So, um, so there's not a lot of time, you know, to hem and haw. 
Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's like, oh, okay, what's it, what do I do? You know, oh, you know, maybe I should do something with that. One, one time I, I, I did an art piece, I, I did an Avengers snack based on uh, an art piece somebody gave me of a floating pizza. And it's like, oh, yeah, I should do one where you play as a floating pizza. That'd be fun. <laughs> That'd be fun. Uh, so, yeah, it can be all kinds of things. Yeah, so you, you mentioned, um, you know, that it's every two weeks, so you can't hem and haul too much. How, how do you go about that? Do you already have, you know, 29, 30, and 31 done? Or sometimes you're a couple days before and like, oh, my gosh, I've got to get this finished. <laughs> I usually do. Uh, so I write them. I write a new one once every two weeks, uh, usually once a week. So I have a bit of a cue. Uh, like a couple of, I'm, a, I'm like three ahead or something like they're three or four ahead. And that way I can keep going even if, you know, there's an emergency, you know, which I guess is, you know, in 2020, you know, every day is an emergency. So I'm prepared. Yeah. <laughs> I am prepared for that. Uh, for yeah. more, there'll be a bet just well, people like sort that out, you know, or just if I want to take a break or whatever, I've got a, I've got a cue. So yeah, as I said, I'm, I'm a couple ahead. So you're, you're talking about, uh, earlier you were talking about kind of getting off topic. So let's get off topic for just a second. Yeah, when, let's do it. When, when I was researching you to make sure that I, you know, had questions to talk about, do you know that you also share the name with a gospel singer? So I had to, I had to separate the two. You do have your your own name jeffreygolden.com so you may uh you may be getting a knock on the door when when the other jeffrey golden gets big but did you know there's a there's a gospel singer with your name he, he's already pretty big I, I i yes i am aware of the gospel singer jeffrey golden and the reason <laughs> is because um our gmail email addresses are similar enough that oh, i get uh his email sometimes which is uh very funny and I don't generally, I don't read it um, generally. <laughs> Sometimes I do. Ooh, okay. No, but he gets a lot of like requests from various venues across the country to perform. And it, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's fascinating. I, I, yeah, I'm, I am aware. I got the URL as, as soon as I found out about URLs, I got that URL. I, I, so I've had it for many many years and i'm pretty active with it i remember when we were doing the devastator the publishing the publishing company i, I co-ran we wanted the devastator.com for a long time but there was a transformers fan site that at that point hadn't been updated in years and uh it was it was they had the name and we tried emailing them we tried reaching out to them and we could never get a hold of them and uh, funny enough when we decided to uh, formally uh, shut down the press, the Devastator as a press, because Amanda got a, a great job. She's senior editor at Oni Press, which is the company that does Scott Pilgrim oh, comics sure. and, and Rick and Morty. When we decided to shut it down, we just, as a lark, we looked it up. And that's when the Devastator at thedevastator.com was available, finally, uh. when we had decided. <laughs> so we, we bought it anyway, um, just, as a point of, just as a point of pride. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I've never, uh, I've never talked to the gospel singer, Jeffrey Golden, but I, I would love to, that would be fun. 
I know uh, I, at times I have thought of replying to the request and like going to <laughs> North Carolina or whatever and just like showing up for a singing engagement just to see what they would do. Like you did ask for Jeffrey Golden and I am Jeffrey Golden. <laughs> that would be something. I think you absolutely you should do that. I Work could do out. The, I could do some of my karaoke staples. I could do Monster Mash. I could do Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel. I'm sure they would love it. You need you, you just need to tell them like look I have these parody songs I am really big in in New Zealand I thought you just that's what you <laughs> you wanted me for <laughs> that's right yeah it's been uh it's <laughs> was that was in the early 2000s but uh, I assume that my my work is still uh reaching across you know that work is still uh, still out there um yeah it'd be, that would be very funny to see what they see what they did yeah I, I like that a lot <laughs> for sure. So it, what, anything else in the pipeline? I mean, you've got a lot, you, lot going on, mainly things that people, you know, listening to this can, can check out. What, uh, what's upcoming? Oh, you know, um, because, uh, because one of the, the fun things about uh, freelancing is uh, signing all these NDAs that say uh, that I can't uh, talk about a project until it's released. But you know well, what? Things that are you, coming in. <laughs> exactly. I, if, you, uh, if you find me on Twitter... Uh, at Jeffrey Golden, G-E-O-F-F-R-E-Y-G-O-L-D-E-N. Uh, you'll, you'll hear all about it. And as you say, if you sign up for uh, adventuresnack.com, uh, I'm also sometimes, well, I'll also update the, uh, the players at Adventure Snack about the latest game projects and things that I'm working on as well. So those are good ways to keep up with me. No, that's, that's awesome. That was going to be the next question, how to, to keep up with you. Definitely understand you can't always talk about everything i'm gonna so cool. trans i've got a, yeah, I've, gonna I've, got a I've, I've got like a it's like a really cool i've got a murder mystery game coming out and as i said earlier it's like a cool board game parody but the, it's all i i, I can't uh, speak too much about it uh you know uh, a new podcast coming out it's just there's a lot but uh, contracts i mean i that, thought i, I thought we were we were good friends now and you're just going to ruin all your ndas but i guess not. <laughs> it's this whole situation has gotten me <laughs> in a huff yeah and, uh and <laughs> I, I i was hoping not to be in a huff but i i guess it's i guess it happened i guess oh, it happened well you know i i don't know what to tell you you'll be the first person that's that's left here upset so so just just realize that <laughs> <laughs> it's not uh it's not me it's you right that, that's what you're saying <laughs> well you know i didn't say that but yeah <laughs> well good well i don't want to take up too much more of your time i've really appreciated speaking with you um you know thanks so much for for being here and uh, I, I really enjoyed hearing a little bit about you know the the backstory on on how you got started and, and exactly how some of these games and and uh, comic books and stuff how they um you know get get their stories so it, it's really been a pleasure uh absolutely uh jackson the pleasure is mine uh thanks for having me on thanks for reaching out i i really enjoyed this it's a lot of fun absolutely and that was jeffrey golden really appreciated his time today really enjoyed speaking with him really interesting to hear some of the uh, insider information on you know, how games are created how the entertainment industry is faring during um, these times and just some inside information on the industry as a whole. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you'll come back next time. Please uh, subscribe, like, whatever, whatever you will do. Uh, but most importantly, come back next time and uh, we'll see you then.
This has been Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff. Thank you for listening. Be sure to join us next time where we will interview another amazing guest who is sure to make you laugh or make you think, or hey, maybe even both. But until then, keep being awesome.